uh, Brother Proper, were you able to get that stream working or no? All right, so um, uh, I can't apologize to people who can't see it because uh, it's not working right now, so I th we might be in Facebook jail, uh, and, uh, and uh, most likely uh, is the case, uh, but we'll try to get that remedied this afternoon uh, so that the, the evening service can be, uh, be streamed uh, to the Facebook page. Uh, and uh, back to Second Chronicles in chapter number 29, uh, and when we read in verse number 2, the Bible says, And he, uh, speaking of Hezekiah, uh, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, uh, his father, had done. Um, Ahaz uh, was Hezekiah's actual real father. Uh, we read about him in previous chapters, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And when we read the Old Testament, we find, especially in First uh, Second Kings, First Second Chronicles, um, uh, the accounts of uh, the kings of Judah and Israel, uh, and God um, lays out for us in great detail um, their faults, um, their blessings. Uh, and Ahaz was a wicked king, uh, and Hezekiah uh, was a godly king. Having said that, uh, we read in, in first, uh, first Kings, uh, and we know from his life, God extended his life. Uh, we know he did that, but uh, he also made some mistakes. All of us make mistakes. Uh, but uh, as we read this account, we know that he is trying to reestablish um, what David uh, had established in worship. As we read our Old Testament, we know that, uh, that um, God revealed himself in, in manifold ways to the people in the Old Testament by fire. And we know Moses on, uh, on the mountain and the, the, the bush, the burning bush, and how God would speak. He moved uh, with, the with the children of Israel uh, with a pillar of a fire and, a cl and, and clouds and uh, and at one point, uh, the tabernacle uh, was built. Uh, and in that, um, God set forth very specific um, requirements and dimensions. Every single part, uh, every tassel, uh, every uh, instrument that was used, every, what, if, if it was a candle holder, everything that God instructed his people to put together, um, he gave them detail and there was a reason for it. And that isn't going to be part of this message, but God is, God is interested in the details. He gives us the details to follow in worship. Uh, back then, uh, it was, you know, uh, the kind of, not just a curtain, but you had to use this material. And it had to be this color and for this reason. Uh, and, uh, and that's why I feel for us as New Testament Christians, I mean, we wouldn't last 10 minutes uh, in the Old Testament worship in that economy. We just, we're so um, not about the details uh, and against them or whatever, because we're just like, God doesn't care about that stuff. Uh, he's just, and we, we throw in the generalities. Um, there's bigger fish to fry, and so we shouldn't worry about that. And uh, I watched a video of a pastor friend who just got back from Israel, and uh, he, uh, um, uh, the, they were in a Muslim place, uh, and uh, they, they told him, you can't go in there. Uh, and, and it's like, why? Because you're not Muslim. And so he went on this big thing. He's raising money to start a podcast uh, about, uh, about Muslim legalism uh, and, uh, and all their rules and, and whatever, and they wouldn't let people in. And I've been to places, Buddhist temples and Hindu temples, where uh, they, most of the world, like, hey, you got to cover up. You can't go in there with this, whatever. And people gladly do it because they're tourists uh, and don't complain about it uh, because of, of where they're at. And, uh, and so there were... Uh, every, every single aspect of the priest clothing, what they could do, they put bells on there because they went, they went to Holy Holies and they weren't right and the bells would stop jingling and people have to drag their carcass out. 
Um, there, were, there were cleansing uh, things that they had to do. Uh, everything, every detail was important. David wanted to build a temple. God said, you can't do it because you're a bloody man. Uh, and, uh, but he prepared everything for the temple. Uh, and we read in these books that um, of the offerings, the pledges that were made, uh, and how much gold, uh, how much silver, how much brass, uh, and those things are laid out for us uh, in the Bible. They're fascinating, and there's a reason. There's a lot of typology. Even the ark, right? Um, uh, gopher wood and pitch, and everything Everything means something and had significance. Uh, I'm not really big on teaching the typology and all of that uh, because, you know, um, it, it, the, you know, what type of material, there's significance in that, you know, the doorpost uh, on this building, it might not help you to live for Jesus in 2023, okay? It's, it's fascinating, and it's for doctrine, and there's, there's stuff that we gain from all of that. God's said that, and it's why we're using this as an example uh, for where we're going. Um, but David couldn't build the temple. Uh, we know Solomon uh, and all the Old Testament, what teaches about all that. And, but he says in this chapter, uh, we're going to get right with God, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to do according to all that David, um, his father, did. Uh, and we know that David loved God. We know that he was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect. We understand. And by the way, uh, you know, we have people say, You're not, you shouldn't be remembered by your worst act. Uh, but so often David is. Uh, but uh, God loved him. He loved the Lord. And, uh, and uh, there's even a kind of a direction to um, the cleansing and getting things right here. We think of Psalm 51 and David's repentance uh, and so vital as a pattern for us uh, as we try to keep fellowship uh, with the Lord. Uh, and uh, he said he'd rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of God. Uh, and, uh, and he had everything. Uh, and uh, But he, he loved uh, to worship God, to be in his presence, uh, to, to go to uh, the tabernacle uh, and long for that, especially in times when he was uh, in exile, uh, hiding in the caves at Adullam. Um, it meant something to him. We should long for it, and uh, we should desire uh, to be uh, in the house of God. Uh, I know people say, we are the church. This is a meeting place. Um, the church isn't a building, uh, I, I, and uh, the church is... Uh, is the, the people, uh, and I understand all of that. But we are commanded by God and should desire uh, to, as we assemble together, uh, the work of the church and, and uh, what the church is, uh, all part of another uh, message or a series of messages. Uh, and, uh, but um, uh, he starts out here te uh, teaching or talking about, God does in Second Chronicles 29, about the cleansing of the vessels. Uh, all of these vessels, were, they had special forms of consecration, what they were used for, uh, and, uh, and they are uh, to be restored. Some of them had to be remade because Ahaz sold them off or got rid of them. And, uh, and we read even today about you know, the Lord's coming back and, uh, and how all these things that were in the temple are being remade and established and put together because the Lord's coming back. And, uh, and it's, it's, it is a fascinating thing uh, to uh, behold. Uh, and they were required then to do sacrifices. And uh, so it says in verse 3 that he uh, opened the doors of the house of the Lord. The doors were, the doors were shut. Um, it, uh, the, the temple was in disrepair. 
Uh, it was dirty and filthy, and um, uh, over the course of time, dust began to gather, and, uh, and uh, in the, instru- the, the, the vessels that were in there were being used uh, for other things, or they were gone. And he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them together, uh, and he told the Levites, uh, first of all, he says, you need to sanctify yourself. Uh, and uh, we, can, we can preach on that today. Um, it starts, if we want revival, uh, if we want uh, God to bless, it has to start in our own hearts. Uh, we can't have revival corporately as a church uh, if uh, we don't want it in our hearts. And, uh, and it's why, uh, you know, uh, I've been here for, you know, quite a while, uh, and we haven't had, uh, you know, a meeting to where we're going to go for three weeks or four weeks and the evangelist cancels everything else because uh, the services just keep going and God's just blessing and people. Uh, and part of the reason that doesn't happen is because um, um, a vast portion of our church body does not attend those revival services. We will not have revival uh, as a church until we want it, until we participate in it. Uh, and uh, and, it's, and it's, I, I know we're busy uh, but it needs to be a, a priority uh, in our life. And because it isn't, then we don't receive it. Uh, and that's just the truth, the, the, just the, the brass tacks. Uh, and uh, I don't ever want to be uh, the person, I don't want to stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ and say, uh, Bob Reno, the reason Berean Baptist Church didn't have revival is because of you. And so I'm showing up. And I'm, and I'm praying, and I'm, and I'm doing it. Uh, but I'm meddling now, and, uh, but uh, we have, well, we have several, several revivals planned uh, meetings this year. Uh, I hope that you're at every one of them. Uh, and uh, I've tried guilting people for 20 years into it. They still don't come. Uh, and, uh, and so you say, you're guilting us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Uh, and, uh, and so I just say it and whatever, uh, and it is, it is what it is. And so he says, sanctify yourselves. And then he says, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of this place. Um, there's much to be said with uh, the, the, uh, the lack of order. God says we're supposed to do all things decently in an order. Uh, God has laid out in the scripture the worship that's acceptable to him, um, what, what our assemblies are supposed to be, uh, what we're supposed to do at them, and, the, and God's very detailed about it. Uh, and when we worship, when we, we gather to worship, it's for Him. Uh, and it's to Him, it's, it's for Him. It's not about us. It's not about being entertained. It's not about, we fellowship, and there's a lot of ancillary benefits to being in a church body. And I, and, and I hope that you enjoy to sing. And I hope that, uh, you know, I can say, it doesn't matter what I say today. Uh, it's not about you. Uh, but I want you, to, I want you to get this. And I want, I want, you to, I want you, God to speak to your hearts through his word, I mean, that's, that's important, but we gather to, to worship him uh, and, uh, and to sing, and that needs to be a bigger part of our service, which I talked about last week, uh, and uh, which, uh, which I'll elaborate more uh, on that in the future. And he said, uh, they've shut the doors of the porch, verse number seven, uh, they've put out the lamps, and uh, they've not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings. They, they, weren't, they weren't worshiping God in the temple like God had told them to do. It just wasn't going on. Uh, and, and for all the same reasons that it does, doesn't go on today. Now, we don't, we don't sacrifice uh, you know, animals and all that kind of stuff like they did in the Old Testament. Those things have been done away with under grace. 
Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter number 12, uh, chapter number 10, verse number 12, it says, But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifices for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, one sacrifice forever for all. So it's not necessary for us to come and atone for sin or do uh, the different types of offerings, uh, which we'll, we read about here. And uh, it was uh, so much, this, it was so sudden. In fact, look all the way to the end of chapter number 29 quick, quickly. Verse number 35, And also the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat and the peace offerings and the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. There was an order that God had that they were not following. And because of that, God uh, was judging them. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And Hezekiah rejoiced in all the people that God uh, had prepared the people for this thing was done suddenly. It was like, hey, Levites, this is what we're going to do. Uh, you get yourself cleaned up. You get the house of God cleaned up. They started doing offerings uh, here uh, in uh, the, uh, the first part, the chapter. Later on, they're doing a lot more of it. Uh, and uh, and uh, there, there, was, there were rules. Uh, there, were, there were things that you, that you did that was part of your everyday service to God uh, and things that they did in their temple worship. God was in the details. He wrote them. He, he expected them to obey them. When they didn't obey them, uh, we find in the Old Testament the judgment of God. Uh, that fell upon them. He says, he'll bless those that bless, he'll curse those that curse. Uh, there was like, you do this, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. If you don't do this, I'm against you. Uh, and, uh, and God struggled with his children um, all the way through the Old Testament. Uh, and uh, and uh, like I say, um, uh, we, we just, First John 1, 9, everything and, and live our own lives and uh, we, none of us uh, would last. Uh, There's like, they, they would like stone people uh, and, uh, and God would just like take people out uh, in the Old Testament. We, most of us wouldn't last. I wouldn't last 10 minutes uh, in, Old, in Old Testament worship. Uh, and I'm just being transparent. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that, that I didn't live then. I'm thankful that I'm saved by grace, that Jesus paid my sin debt. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm accepted in the Beloved. Um, but even though uh, I, I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm still supposed to worship him and pray and do righteousness and, and, and walk worthily. Uh, there's many, many verses about that. I'm not off the hook. I, you know, those were commandments. There's like over a thousand of them in the New Testament. And uh, I'm not talking about, you know, keeping the commandments of the law, um, uh, but the law of the Lord uh, and uh, the word of God, uh, God still uh, requires some things. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And, uh, but we've, uh, we've completely accepted a religion uh, in the world, America in particular, uh, that says, Lord, Lord, uh, but now I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing. Uh, and, uh, and Jesus himself, who is our Lord, says uh, that is not uh, appropriate. And so, verse number 8, he says, Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, because they shut the doors of the porch, because they, uh, uh, the lamps. The lamps were intended to burn incense. They were a perpetual incense to God. Those lamps were supposed to be kept going all that time. 
Uh, they, were to, they, were attend, they were supposed to attend to the things that were in the temple, but they didn't do it because of idolatry, because of sin, uh, for all the reasons that they didn't. And there's similarities to us. We're busy. We have sin. We're not interested. Uh, we, don't, we, uh, we want worship our own way. We don't want to do it God's way. Uh, and, and when we, and we shop for churches and we look for worship places that make us feel good, uh, and that's really not what it's about. When you, if you come to church, you should get your toes stepped on, yes, preaching, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Um, but there's also times where you're blessed, where you're encouraged by the Word of God, where you're encouraged with fellowship with one another. I'm not talking about every time you come to Sunday that you should get beat up. Um, that, that's, that's not it at all. Uh, but, but it needs to be according to God's Word. If you, if you go to a church where every time you go, it's just like rainbows and butterflies, and, uh, and you're just never challenged. Um, who, I, I wouldn't want that. Um, I, I want to be uh, uh, exhorted and to, to live for the Lord. And I want to open up the book and I want to like, man, that's me. And I need to get that right. And then go to an altar. And people, church, there's places, churches, they pray, that don't have an invitation, don't have an altar call. You can just, everything's in your heart. You just live for, everything's in your heart. To not be seen from, from anybody else is just between you and God, and there's, there's some of that is true. Uh, but um, uh, we, have, we don't have like a physical altar. We've got a platform. Uh, but at the end, we give invitations. We pray because, because I believe that's what God would have us to do. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that is what, uh, that what we do around here. For lo, verse 9, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Uh, they disobeyed God, and uh, God brought them into captivity. Uh, he judged them by the sword, uh, and, uh, and he says, verse 10, Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. So they understood, um, you know, if we, if we do this, um, God blesses. You think about the times where, like, you know, they're holding up Moses' arms. When his arms were up, they won. When his arms were down, they didn't. Uh, and um, he, there's times where their expectation of blessing was met with a curse uh, because they weren't given uh, the right offerings. They were keeping back uh, the, the good sheep, uh, and they were sacrificing blemished sheep. And God's like, no. He says, you give the messed up stuff to the governor. Um, I, don't, I don't want that. And, and the, he says, even your prayers are an abomination to me. Uh, so not every, we know from the Bible, not everything that we give to God, does God go great. You know, it's like uh, in human, we, we say it's the, it's the thought that counts. When, when, you, when somebody gives you something, you know, whatever, let's take your tie or whatever. Somebody gives you a tie that you'll never wear. And uh, so you tell your wife, man, put that, you know, bring that to goodwill. No, you need to wear it. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, but, you know, it's the thought that counts. No, I don't. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, you know, we say that, but when it comes to worship, it's not the thought that counts. It's part of it. Um, but what we offer to God uh, needs to be uh, something that He desires and wants and accepts of us. And uh, we make, a lot of times, our only application we make is in worship and in, in music, but there's a lot of ways that we worship. Uh, and, uh, and so don't always get stuck on that one, that one aspect of worship. Uh, but, uh, but we often, we often do. And so he says in verse 11, my sons, be not now negligent for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him 
to serve him and that you should minister unto him and burn incense. There's the three-part message right there. And I love this, verse number 12. They, had, they hadn't been worshiping God uh, in his temple for some time. And I didn't look before I came in here how many years it had been under Ahaz that this had been taking place. But Hezekiah gets in. He says, clean up yourselves, Levites. Clean up the house of God. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have worship again. Uh, and, uh, and it says, then the Levites arose. I love it. It's just like, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and he laid out, this is what we're going to do. And so they like, they got up and did it. Uh, they didn't complain about it. They just, they just followed uh, the kings and his, his order. And they knew if you were a Levite, and, and, you, and Levites had particular jobs in the temple worship and in Israel uh, as a whole, and they knew they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And, they, and if you look at the tribes, uh, all 12 tribes, if anyone was to be like humanly feel more guilty about their lack of, uh, of temple worship, it was probably the Levites uh, because of their responsibility. Uh, and, uh, of course, then also the priests. And then we won't read them. There's a lot of names I can't pronounce there. Uh, and uh, it says this one and the sons of these people and, and all the Levites. They just started getting with it. Uh, and, uh, and they gathered, verse 15, their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And then it says in verse 16 that the priests uh, went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it because you couldn't just go in there. Uh, if you weren't a particular priest, a high priest, uh, they had they could go into the holy of holies and and uh, and so to the inner part and they go in and uh, and they they clean all that stuff out and the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron so uh, so they just you know uh, emptied their uh, dustpans uh, into the river cleaned up the clean up themselves they cleaned up the filthiness. Uh, and uh, now they began on the first day of the first month to sanctify. And on the eighth day of the month, they came, uh, the, the month came they to the porch of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. In the 16th day of the first month, they made it an end. Then they, they went to Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering with all the vessels thereof, and the vessels of uh, uh, the bread table with all the vessels thereof. Moreover, all the vessels which King Ahaz in his reign did cast away uh, in his transgression, we have prepared and sanctified, and behold, they are all before the altar of the Lord. Everything's in place. Um, the stuff that was missing, they refabricated it, uh, and then sanctified it. And so you think of you know, blessing it, and, and they had process even for that. Uh, and how they would do it. It was, it was um, important, uh, these things in these ways. Then Hezekiah, verse 20, the king rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. They brought seven bullocks and seven rams and seven lambs and seven goats for the sin offering of the kingdom. Say so it's hard to keep up with. Uh, what are they for and how do they do that? There's a lot involved. Uh, and he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bullocks and the priests, uh, and the priests received the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. And they would, uh, they would, they would do this. There's reasons for that and the atoning. And, um, and then what they would do also with like the meat and things. Uh, uh, many of them would, um, would live off of that and eat that. The priest that was part of, uh, of God's providence uh, for them. 
Uh, and uh, uh, it says, verse 23, And they brought forth the he-goats for the sin offering before the king and the congregation. They laid their hands upon them. The priests killed them and made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar uh, to make an atonement for all of Israel. Uh, for the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. So it's like, basically, God forgive us as a nation. Uh, we have messed up. Uh, we're, we're coming back to you. We're reestablishing this temple worship. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that's part of that, that process. Verse 25, and I'm getting to my one main point here. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandment of David, and of Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet, for so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offerings upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshiped and the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of the offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves uh, and worshipped. And we'll continue with those verses um, uh, this, uh, this evening. So you say, where, what are you getting at? When they decided that they were going to reestablish temple worship, um, they had to go back to a time 300 years previously to David, and Gad and Nathan to get the instruments, use the instruments that they used in worship. Remember, David was a harp player, and so there's harps. And it's not going to, I mean, a piano is a percussion instrument, okay? We're not getting into, you know, uh, what instruments, etc. It's just that when they decided they're going to get right, they went back to a time when things were right. When they worshiped God in spirit and in truth, the temple worship was a step they used. They, went, they did the same things that God is, they, God, what's your rule? Uh, and they fixed it all. Uh, and then they, of course, part of that was worship. And as they, sacri- they sacrificed the sevens and sevens and sevens, uh, they were singing and people were playing the instruments ordained by David, which would indicate that there were instruments that weren't ordained uh, by him. And again, another topic for another time. But I was thinking about that. Like we need, as a church, not universal church, churches, but we need revival. We need, we need, to, we need God to bless, and, and we want. If you're saved, that should be the desire of your heart. But here's what we do. We like, you know, we, get, we sing hymns around here, and then people flip out. They're like, you know, what about the modern this and that? And we know, again, last week, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. There's a part of, of, of admonishing one another in this singing. It's to him we should... Uh, we should sing and worship. It's the thing that we will do when we get to heaven, congregational worship. When we stand around the throne of God, we'll be singing together. And uh, so it's not necessarily to, pre- it's to prepare our hearts for, this, for the preaching as much as it is to prepare our, uh, us for heaven. Because when we get to heaven, uh, you're going to be singing. Con- you might not sing during the congregational music here uh, because whatever, you're too cool for Sunday school uh, or whatever. Uh, but when you get there, you will. So um, it just, you know, for all the reasons we don't, I don't like my voice, I don't, or whatever. Um, when you get to heaven, if you're saved, you're going to be part of the choir. Uh, whether, you, whether you want to or, well, you'll want to then. Okay, it, it, things will be different. 
and uh, God will give you a glorified voice, and, and it'll sound kind of like mine, uh, and, uh, but uh, whatever. Uh, but it's, when you get to heaven, like, there'll be no preaching. There's no need for preaching. Um, we won't take up offerings. Uh, we won't do the, the things that... So when we, the one thing that we do as a congregational as assembly and congregational music and singing will be something that, uh, that we do when we get to heaven. And um, so... <clears throat> I thought, well, how old, you know, I started to think about the Great Awake, the, the revivals that we've had uh, in America in particular. So I looked some of them up. Of course, I have books and stuff about all that. And, uh, and so um, I thought, okay, when was, like, how old is America? Uh, and, uh, and so we, you can, you know, you know that from the Declaration of Independence. But people came a little over 100 years before that. Uh, and uh, from, uh, from Europe and uh, the, you know, so 1723 is when the pilgrims landed uh, and the Mayflower and, and uh, all that was involved in that. And, and we, you know, the first Thanksgiving, uh, uh, all, all of that. And to not get into all of like, you know, should we change names of sports teams and, uh, and who was here first or whatever. Uh, when we look at the history of America, we came. And the reason we came, uh, people came was so that they could worship God freely, and not be part of the Church of England, etc. Uh, so they landed here, and for, um, you know, a uh, hundred and so years, uh, they, um, uh, they lived, and the colonies grew. Uh, we have the Declaration of Independence, and, uh, and so our, our country, as uh, its history, is we're still babies, compared to many countries in the world that have thousands of years of of history and civilization, uh, so um, we uh, ours isn't like that. So they arrived, uh, and uh, and so when was when was the Declaration of Independence signed? Seventeen seventy six. Yeah, good, you got a, an A uh, for your quiz today. But the first great awakening in America was in seventeen thirty four to seventeen forty three, and you can look at the Great Awakening, and you can see. Uh, the, uh, the men and stuff that were involved uh, in that. The second Great Awakening, which was like, you know, Charles Finney uh, and, uh, and some of these uh, preachers, uh, and not all of them were Baptists, by the way, uh, and, uh, but they, that was from 17, or excuse me, from 1800 to 1840. Um, if, if many of you have heard of the Businessmen's Revival of 1857 to 58, where they had prayer meetings that ultimately kind of uh, evolved into uh, the Great Prayer Meeting Revival. Uh, in America at that time. Uh, the urban revivals from 1875 to 1885 with, with men like um, uh, D.L. Moody uh, and um, uh, preaching. Then how many have heard of the Welsh revivals? So the Welsh revivals taking place, but there were a lot of Welsh people in Pennsylvania uh, and that, that kind of came over into Pennsylvania uh, and, and spread out. That was from 1905 to 1906. And uh, when you think of people you might know, be like Billy Sunday. And uh, as uh, as preachers during that time, so so the time in our country where um, um, re- where there were million people that you know at that time that started uh, praying, or uh, churches were being established, and uh, all the taverns were closing up, and the blue laws and and, and revival in that was taking place in America, all of that was was in less less years ago than what what Israel did in Second Chronicles twenty nine. You think, you think back to, um, and again, I don't want to get into it, rock and roll didn't start until the 50s. 
Country music wasn't till like, you know, like 1910. Blue, uh, the bl- blues was like 1890 to, uh, you know, to like 1910. If you like, go, like when, when did whatever style of music that you like, just Google it. When did, you know, country music start? Uh, and it'll tell you when it started. And, and, but people have been singing for centuries before the, the, the different genres of music that we want when we go to worship services. Um, it wasn't the same. And, and by the way, um, when people say they, these in Christian in hymnody, when they wrote hymns, they would sing them to bar tunes, it's not true. Uh, you can look all that up in, uh, in history uh, in things as well. Martha Luther didn't write music uh, and then set it to bar tunes. Uh, but that's what people would say as they're trying to defend uh, the, the music styles and the things that they would want uh, in their church. And, uh, and so I'm saying all that to say that in 2023, it's probably maybe 50%. Churches are closing. Um, Christians are, are quitting, quitting church, quitting God, doing their thing. Uh, uh, by, I think it was by uh, the Lord tarries by 2070. Um, they anticipate uh, maybe 40% of Americans at that time. I think it, it, the, down, the downward slope will be a whole lot quicker and bigger. Um, you, you go uh, ask some college student on the street, you know, who Moses is and who Adam is. They don't know. They're not reading their Bibles. Uh, they're not in church. What's happening? Um, what, how, what do we need to do to fix it? Well, how they fixed it in the Bible was they went back to where and did stuff that worked. And, uh, and if you go back to even in, in American Christianity, when churches were running, Bible-believing churches running 20, 30, 40,000 uh, people in Sunday school and all the different stuff, uh, it was all back. And that's when preachers, you know, they're preaching against things like the Beatles and, you know, in, in Elvis and whatever, uh, in rock, because all that was new then. Uh, and, uh, and all of that stuff has, of course, um, crept into uh, how we worship in our music. Uh, Southern gospel music, um, quartet music wasn't until the early 1900s. Uh, and so there was, a, uh, there was a beginning of those things in, in the world, in culture, that weren't there before. But music was around and has been around since God uh, ordained it and created it. And, uh, and so they went back uh, and, they, and they did it. Now, um, my point, the main point, uh, and I have, uh, where did I put that? I've got this um, hymn book. We're not changing hymn books, by the way. Uh, these are really heavy uh, and uh, in here, um, uh, the uh, guys who wrote this one, they've got all these old hymns in it. When you go in here and you read, you see the dates when all these hymns were written. And, and all these hymns were written and sung in the periods of these great revivals. And by the way, uh, the Bible that was used in every single one of them is the King James Bible. Uh, and, uh, and so if I'm, if I'm just thinking, okay... I'm a pastor of a church in 2023, and I want, I want the recipe that God used to bring huge revivals in America and in churches, in prayer meetings. What do, what do I do? I don't come up with a new way. I, 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 I do what God, God blessed. So when we say this is a church and we don't have this or that, whatever, and we sing hymns, it's not because, you know, you know we just want to be old-fashioned. It's just, what did God bless and what did God use? So Hezekiah is like, we're, we're going to clean stuff up. 
and uh, Levites, this is what we're going to do. And so they said, yes, sir. And they did it. They cleaned up all the filthiness. They got everything out. Everybody got right. They started, they, they brought back the old music, 300-year-old music. And I'm just talking about, you know, it's like, oh, you know, somebody came to our church and they, says, you know, they said this. And, and I, I took it as a compliment. They said, it's like going back to the 50s. It's like going back to the 50s. And uh, I'm like, mm, it's all right. And, um, and, but what, what they're saying was that they were disparaging the church because they, because they, they enjoy uh, m- more modern music. But we're, we're, it's not about us. It's what does God bless? And I believe this with all my heart. I mean, when we think of the generations and the kids that are leaving and not, not staying in church and, uh, and all of the, everything from culture and uh, kids are in their phones constantly, entertained, you know, they just, they grew up. Like, I, I used to play Hunt the Wumpus on a Texas Instrument computer. And, and I remember those? And, uh, and uh, Munchman, and that was their version of Pac-Man. So I, I've been around to where, where computers and, you know, dial-up internet, I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm old enough to know when that stuff didn't happen. Or you see, what was your first phone? The big box phones and the bag phones and stuff, and which ones did you have over there? Culture has changed, and I understand that. Um, but when we go back, we say we're going to go back to the 50s, or we're going to sing songs from the early 1900s, people have a fit. It's like, that's crazy. It's not 300-year-old crazy. It's just doing what God's blessed. So if I go to the Bible and say, what did God, it, it isn't, and again, every, Paul went from culture to culture to culture, and he didn't form and fashion the gospel after the culture. We have so many excuses that we make. My heart's desire as a pastor is to always have a church that, is, it, that tries to, as much as we can, to stay true to biblical worship in, in bib, biblical church than we possibly can. Um, I would, people say, well, what's your church? It, the church? It's church the way it used to be. The church the way it should be. It's 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 you're not going to a concert. It's not a social club. Uh, it's uh, it's not all the things. And I get it. People want facilities and they want programs for their kids. And and I, we become a consumer based. But we used to preach against seeker sensitive ministries. And uh, and so when somebody comes here and said, "Boy, I wish you had this. I wish you had that." There's part of me that goes, "Well, we ain't gonna ever have that then." Because it because it's 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 supposed to be it's supposed to be simple, simple worship of God, and it's why we it's why we gather and we've we've confused and, and so no wonder uh, young people don't want to be in church is because um, you know uh, we we don't give them church the way that it's supposed to be. I'm thankful for our teenagers that sit up here in the front, and I hope that they don't uh, leave God and leave church and go off into worldliness. Um, and uh, but but. We don't know. It's up to you. You have to make commitments to the Lord uh, to, to walk with Him uh, and, uh, and, and to just, just always remember um, that church isn't about what you get out of it. It just isn't. It's, it's about our worship for God and biblical worship and the preaching of, of, of the Word of God and the singing of, uh, and the congregational singing together of, of songs that are psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And, and we can argue to we're blue in the face until the Lord comes about those definitions and what they are. But all I know is when, when we've stopped doing this, um, we've, seen, we've gone from 
from in 50 years from 90% people claiming to be Christians to 65%. Thousands upon thousands of churches have closed their doors. Um, there are people in your life by, by the you know, vast numbers who are no longer in church and you don't say anything to them. Uh, you don't encourage them. You don't try to get them back. You just kind of let them, you do you and I'll do me. And, uh, and, and we're just, we don't exhort one another as we see the day approaching. We've, we've, we've slipped. And, uh, and so, so there's a part of me that in 2023, it's like it's cleaning out, it's opening the doors, it's lighting the lamps, it's cleaning out the filthiness, get the instruments uh, of David, uh, and, uh, and let's, and, and it's, I'm old school anyway, and I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to get rid of instruments and, you know, and all this different stuff. Uh, again, I've, I illustrated it, that when we all sing without harmony, if we put the music up here, we have to sing melody, that's unison, uh, and, uh, and part of unity and harmony is, is the parts, it's singing into the Lord and lifting up our voice to Him, that's not going to stop, or we'll do more of it. Um, but, but, but we are, as churches, and the things that we allow into our churches and our homes, that's, what, that's why kids are leaving. That's why kids aren't going back to church. They, they, they want to they go and be sung to and not, instead of singing in congregational music. If you're a parent in this room and your kid, some of your kids are up here and not sitting by you, which is, uh, you know, that's up to you. Uh, but if they ain't singing, you're like, sing. You know, uh, if your husband's sitting next to you and he's not singing, you're just like, sing. Well, it's terrible. I know, but sing. <laughs> uh, and uh, you're supposed to sing to the Lord. Uh, it's for Him. Uh, and uh, it's not pleasant to me, <laughs> but it's pleasant to Him. We're supposed to lift up our voice and to sing. And so tonight, we'll get into the second part in a very, you know, uh, the heart of the lesson from this passage of Scripture. Um, but my hope and prayer as we have the invitation today is that you have the spirit and attitude that the Levites had. When they weren't doing right, and then Hezekiah says, we're going we're gonna to set things in order. And so they go, yes, sir. And, uh, and they just started doing it. And it lists out the names of the people, and they just like started going getting critters and all the stuff that they were supposed to do, and they just, they just started it. And they were like, man. And, and it says that, they, that at the end, when they got themselves right, their worship was cr- like crazy. They were bringing, uh, look here, I'm almost done. Uh, you get to the end, it says, the number, verse 32, the number of the burnt offerings which they brought were three score and ten bullocks and a hundred rams and two hundred uh, uh, lambs and rams and lambs and uh, six hundred oxen and three thousand sheep. And there were so many critters that they brought in their offerings that the, the, the Levites, the, the priests couldn't keep up with it. So the Levites jumped in so that they could, the Bible says that they could flay uh, all the burnt offerings uh, and to help them. And so people that weren't supposed to do it just jumped in and did it because it was just so much because it just came on. They got so right and it was so sudden uh, that the priests couldn't even keep up. That's, that's revival. Uh, and, uh, and they rejoiced uh, because of what God, uh, God had done. And so it's like, I know that I have in my mind an idea of what church should be and whatever, or what I want it to be, but just help me, Lord, as I pray, to just desire your word and your worship in a way that you want me to do that. And that'll be fleshed out uh, in, in time and stuff, but, but what I'm saying is we need to have 
the spirit that the Levites had in here uh, and, uh, and just uh, desire it and want it to, to just to follow. And by analogy, I'm not Hezekiah uh, and I'm not a king. I'm not a, you know, whatever. I'm an under-shepherd. I, I'm a pastor, overseer, yes. Uh, but I'm saying follow me as I follow Christ. And I've said from the pulpit, as long as I'm pastor of Breen Baptist Church, there's not going to be a rock band up here. And if there is, I'm the drummer, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, because of that. But what I'm saying is that it's, it's not by my own admission. There's music that I like that doesn't lend itself to, to church worship. And so I don't even have the music I like. In fact, when I first got to this church, um, there were several families that left as, after I got called that weren't united with this church yet. One of them told me, because I sang a special the first week that I was here, I think, I played the guitar, and I sang. And they left the church because they said, we don't, we're not staying so that Bream can become a, a, a country music uh, church. And I thought to myself, what in the world? You know? And I sang, because I'm singing a bluegrass song, uh, Style. And it was at, at that time that I, that I committed to the Lord. I said, the, the music style of Brian Baptist Church is going to be ambiguous. Um, it's not going to be a Southern Gospel Church. It's not going to be a high churchy chamber music church. Uh, it's, not going to, it's not going to have a particular style because it grieved me that somebody left the church because I sang a song to the Lord in a style that they didn't like. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I wasn't at that time going to be like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you liked it. It was for Jesus. I mean, I get it. I understand. But that's kind of where we're at. If, if, it, if I don't like it, then lump it. And, uh, and that really should never be our attitude when it comes to congregational worship, corporate worship as a church. So important. And I hope that you understand. Let's all stand. I've gone long. I'm sorry. But I wanted to get that in. Uh, I, there's a whole second half of it uh, for tonight. But as Amanda comes to the piano and we have her invitation, as I've already mentioned, Jesus, the sinless, spotless lamb that took away the sins of the world. Uh, we don't no longer have to do all those sacrifices. Jesus has been our sacrificial lamb. And if you're here today and you're not saved, uh, maybe the Lord burdened your heart uh, and brought conviction to your heart that you need him. And I hope that today is a day that you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, but some of you have been in church just a short time. Some of you have been in church for decades. Uh, I just want you to know that that that. God has a pattern for his church. Uh, and uh, in some of the things that we don't like uh, about worship today um, should take a back seat um, to what God says he likes or what God has used. And so I hope that you'll bear with me as your pastor, as, you know, uh, old school, old fashioned, whatever you want to say. It isn't about, you know, I like technology and I got all the technology and stuff, but, but church is church. And it needs to stay and remain church and for all the reasons that God would want. And even, even I don't do things uh, in this, the services of this church as the pastor because, because I think it would be in disobedience uh, to God's word. And, um, and, and there, those are, there are things that people wouldn't even think twice about. Um, would you make that commitment? To the Lord today. As the panel begins to play, you can pray where you are there and, uh, and you can come here, you can pray. Uh, but just say, God, help me to have the spirit of the Levites that I'm just going to jump in and, and obey uh, the Spirit's leading and, uh, and to do uh, your will, your way, church, your way. Uh, and, uh, and to always remember 
that as the world moves and progresses in a direction that's causing more and more Christians to fall to the wayside, the devil has gotten in and it's confused so many people about worship services and everything from the facilities to their lighting to their music and and we fight over that stuff so much. But God, just help me to just be resigned to what you've laid out in the scripture and to try to live as close to that as I can as a Christian. 